And whatever you do, don't let it fall into the wrong hands. After preparing for a siege upon what you presume to be a Many Things Incorporated manufacturing facility, you rallied the assistance of some of the young Intians who are training to do item craftsmanship in a nearby village on this strange plain filled with snow and ice that you found yourself in. After dispatching with the children's various teachers and overlords, you discovered that Many Things Incorporated had been grooming you all and keeping tabs on you for recruitment into their organization to, you know, go harvest the necessary components to distribute magical items across the multiverse. You tricked two of them into coming out to investigate leaving their facility, you know, relatively uh, cautiously before setting upon them and making your way inside this manufacturing facility. You then encountered some automated turrets, which you eventually tricked to get into the throne room and speak to the elder intent of the facility, who you convinced with a series of very high deception checks that Galahad, the guy who had actually been looking for a prototype that had been thought to reside here in the uh, Intian children's workshop village. He'd discussed it with you and said he was trying to get it back because if it were to fall into mass production hands in its unstable state, who knows what would happen. You convinced the elder that he was actually a traitor that had sided with the drones, the mechanical people of a neighboring dimension. And therefore, as Galahad arrived to have his aha moment and capture you all, as he'd forewarned the facility of your arrival, the elder actually decided that he was the traitor and took him away. So, uh, <laughs> after gathering your thoughts a little bit, nice, you decided to go back and present to him your plan uh, to basically... You had to go to the dimension of the mechanical people to try to see how far the mole goes and how far the corruption has spread. He uh, suggested that he could teleport you there. And that is where we rejoin the action. You arrive in a very unusual room. More unusual than possibly any room you have ever encountered. The most noticeable feature straight away and I will move you to the appropriate map. The most noticeable feature, and it becomes obvious very quickly, is an enormous brass chain uh, represented by this series of rectangles on the map. This enormous brass chain is gotta be 10 feet wide and 20, 30, the entire width of the room across. It's about 10 feet suspended above the ground and then there's about another 10 feet between it and the ceiling. And it's just under tension, clinking and rocking back. On either side of the room, there are holes that, that through which this chain disappears to do and go, who knows. As you arrive in this space, you also notice a series of very uncomfortable looking benches made of, again, brass and a fountain in the middle of the room, except instead of water, 
It is a fountain of nuts and bolts made of brass. There is also two like Christmas tree-like sculptures made out of steel on the eastern side of the room and a number of doors. The elder Intian says, Okay, now listen, I can't stay long. I'm going to give you the benefit of everything I know, which isn't much, okay? This is the diplomatic waiting room. Back before the enmity that we now have with these creatures, we used to try to maintain at least the semblance of diplomatic relations. That's how I knew to teleport you here. <sighs> but we never actually, in any of our visits, made it to their leader. I suppose you'll see why in a little bit, but things here are not the way they are on the prime material plane. So just be prepared for that. I need to get out of here. Is there anything you need before I leave? Uh, what do you mean by it's not material? Yeah. Well, you hear a, a scuffing, shuffling, mechanical clinking noise over uh, coming from the eastern door. You see that door on the opposite side of the room? And he says, oh, they're coming. They can't see me here. All right. You can do it. And then he disappears. All right. Should we hide or should we just stand here and greet them? What greet do we do? them. We greet them, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if we hide, that's too suspicious. And we're... we're... Yeah. So, 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 so the plan... We've deceived, we've deceived that elder. The plan is actually to get in with these guys, isn't it, really? Is that, is that what we said all along? As, as, you, as you have that realization, you see a strange creature enter the eastern door after a... And this creature looks quite bizarre. He's, or she's, you don't really know how gender works in their society, is a small kind of somewhat clockwork, somewhat fleshy creature with these little tiny vestigial wings. And it gestures its little kind of stick to you. And it's got a bunch of like grease on its face, like it's been working hard at something. And it says, ones, come with one. And then it goes back into the corridor. Let's follow it. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's come after. Okay. You follow it through the corridor. <clears throat> it's quite narrow and it sort of shuffles like clink, 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 clink. Like when you've got a lot of keys and coins in your pocket and you do like a little jog and it makes that clinking noise everywhere. That's what this guy sounds like. And he leads you into another room with two more of these uh, little creatures. I totally thought in that picture first that it was the, like, um, what do you call it, pigtails, like the hair. Like oh, little, like little pigtails, yeah. Yeah. Pig, yeah. <laughs> um, That's what I thought. And then you basically see a bunch more of these little creatures working at these little tables. And they appear to be, everybody make a perception check. Okay, 11 for Schmuck's Borden, 5 for Asker, and 16 for Milksteak. <laughs> Milksteak, you notice that they appear to be working on little tiny brass chain links, like a very small version of the enormous chain that was in the previous room. And you also notice that some of them aren't these little things they're working on. It's like... It's like working on the inside of a smartphone. Some of them aren't even chain links. Some of them are just kind of cubes. 
Like these look like tiny little components that would go into something. And the little guy that led you in here quickly moves into the door on the west. Do you follow? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You follow and you see a continuation of this enormous chain in this room. And you can work out that this is the same chain based on the orientation of this room versus the previous one. And in this room, you see slightly different creatures, although clearly of the same race. They look like two little rectangular prisms <laughs> stacked on top of each other with a little with a little pig nose and kind of this weird half fleshy, half metallic uh, skin. And this so one... Gross. Sorry? So gross and funny. Yeah. And these guys <laughs> appear to be making direct contact with this enormous chain. They're on these little ladders, these little steel ladders, and they appear to be like applying tiny little blow torches or you're not sure to smooth out little imperfections in the chain there's also in the corners of the room steel crates of tools that the purpose of which they don't look like familiar tools to you and the little, little guy runs through the door in the southern end what's well, more of an archway than a door can i uh, with my uh, tinkering ability uh figure out what these tools do at all yeah make a tinkering check it's the rest of them. um that's my proficiency bonus right uh so it's i think it's either intelligence or dexterity modifier plus proficiency i'd say for this it would be intelligence modifier plus proficiency that's plus seven. So, forward slash roll. One D twenty plus seven, and I am gonna copy paste that shit. I'm gonna type. Nice. Okay, with a fifteen tinkering check, you're confident just with a glance and an assessment of these creatures that these tools are designed specifically for their very strange anatomy. So. Like, whereas a pair of scissors would have, like, the big handle and then the small handle, because, you know, humanoid hands have the, the fingers and then the thumb, these tools have, like, bizarre three-dimensional kind of, like, cup and sort of cone-shaped things that these creatures probably put their little strange appendages into to operate. And they appear <laughs> to perform regular tool functions, although they're quite sophisticated, like... A portable blowtorch you're pretty confident is one of them and that's the kind of technology that you're not going to find in the average blacksmith let's say cool maybe we can get flamethrowers from these guys yeah or some i mean general i guess i can do fireball and shit but like flamethrower is still cooler mm -hmm. <laughs> do you um <laughs> follow it through the southern archway yeah yeah okay yeah. uh as you go into the southern archway you see you're at a t-junction and the creature has gone into a door in the eastern corridor and all the while jingling and shuffling along like he's on urgent business. Do you go down into the southeastern doorway that he's just gone through? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, you're in a room that has a continuation of this great chain in the ceiling portion of the room. However, you also notice three brass chairs almost like thrones 
and these strange like triangular prism creatures atop them <laughs> that have one eye on each side of the four faces of this triangular prism um it's quite strange sorry no it's more of a square pyramid i would say and they have many arms and they appear to have many long like metal poles in each of these arms and then the little guy that's been leading you so far leaves back out the way you came <clears throat> and the strange creatures in front of you say in unison threes greet ones hello threes <laughs> they say ones begin trial with one and then they gesture to the left of them sort of west of you sorry what three what does this mean <laughs> ones <laughs> big ones begin trial and then they just gesture to the left all right fuck it let's go okay let's get yeah. through I just made myself laugh at the idea of these three weird creatures speaking in unison, like the Shining style. <laughs> Threes! <laughs> um, okay. So, you open the door, and inside, you see an equally large room. And everybody make a perception check. Ooh, 20 for Schmorgus Borden, 7 for Askia, 17 for Milkstick. Okay, so Schmorgus Borden, you're... Sorry? No, he just congratulated me on my successful rolling so far this uh, session. <laughs> nice, I mean, it's been pretty minor so far. It's not like you came across a giant something and... Yeah, it'll be okay. So Sh <laughs> Schmorgus Borden, you notice, you hear this noise, like a metallic click, and then a... And then a series of heavy footfalls, like, boom, boom, boom. What do you do? And move your icons uh, where you would be in the room. So I'm going to what was the, what uh, the others. Hmm? What's there? What's that in the middle? Is that oh, the wall? Sorry. Or is I, should, I should describe it. The room is separated by this single tall brass with like an obsidian coating on the outside of it. Like a, it's a wall divider. It goes from floor to ceiling. And okay. you hear a couple more footfalls, Schmogus Bodden. Uh, I'm going to warn the guys. Uh, we are being approached. I'm going to. Can I look and around? They are... over here. Can you look around where, sir? Like the corner there. Is oh, that divider. You're going to peek around the corner? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Let us do that. Uh, you, are you looking westwards or northwards? Uh, like up to here-ish. Okay. You see another archway leading out of this chamber, and then you see the face of a snake person! Everybody roll initiative. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is this the trial? Or is this like a, like a, like a one of those like, uh, temples uh, in, the, in like video games? I, I don't understand the question. And who are you asking? <laughs> I, would, I would love to help I just firstly don't understand and I also secondly don't know are you talking to your compadres <laughs> no I'm just uh, saying this is like for example in the beginning of Fallout 
too. You know, you go through like that temple of tutorial in that case, but like you know, you have these chambers of different. Oh, it's like a Zelda temple. Oh, it okay. feels like this. If this is like the trial that we're gonna do for them, whatever. If that's what they mean by trial. We shall <laughs> see. <laughs> the first to react with a series of terrible initiative rolls is milk, <laughs> is milkstake. Good mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he rolled horrendously as well. Oh, just to clarify, uh, you see each square is five feet, but each regular five-foot square has like a series of four tiny ones in it for some reason. You can just ignore those. Like the size of your oh, yeah. icons is the size yeah. of the five-foot squares. Okay, yeah. I see. Great. Um, okay, so if there's going to be trials... Um... I might not go with my heavy hitting stuff. Uh, ice knife? <laughs> yeah, ice knife is perfect right here. Um, where is everyone? So you, you guys down you, there? You okay? So you were up there, I see. I'm gonna try to cast a frostbite on him. Okay, roll it up. Uh, it needs to make a Constitution save. It fails, so it takes the full damage. Yeah. Okay. You full see. Full damage. Is there any effects? Uh, target must take constitution. I think its speed is halved. It's gonna has been. It's gonna be disadvantage on the next weapon attack. Nice. You hold out your hand and you watch this series of icicles just shoot out of your hands, emerging from your skin, but somehow not cutting you. And they just impale this snake creature, peppered like bullets. And you watch him or her slowly move their limbs in a kind of slow motion sort of way. Is there anything else you want to do with your turn? No, I'll stay where I am. Okay. Next up is Asker's turn. Uh, I don't really like this big blackness. There might be more of them. Oh, right sorry. Milkstake can probably see this kind of angle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. I forgot where Milkstake was positioned. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, okay. Well then, I will, I will do uh, Maximilian's Earthen Grasp. Okay. Uh, so that definitely summons yeah. it. So I'm just going to create a little square here. By the way, sorry. Did did yeah. we do a full rest before we left? We did, didn't we? Last time we did a full uh, rest yeah. and then they came and got us. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, you went to your sleeping quarters basically, and then a lot of time passed, and then you went back. I think it was. I forgot a... to do, do this. I'm long pretty rest sure thing. you would have had time for a long rest. You might have only taken a short rest, but you definitely had time to take. A... Let's say you took a long rest because it was. I'm pretty sure. No, we, no, we did because yeah. we. Okay, cool. I was just thinking because, uh, yeah, then the spell slots are... Yeah, I reset mine stuff. Is yeah, you, you definitely uh, okay, took okay. a long rest, yeah. So I'll just do this just for reference. Ooh, okay. So you summon this earthen hand that somehow you watch because the floor is metal. Like everything in this entire place, along with the constant clinking of the giant chain in the previous room that you can still hear in this room faintly, like a crack clink. Along with that, every surface is metal, steel, brass, some sort of obsidian coating. So in order for the earthen hand to get up through the floor here, you watch the metal plates like buckle and then eventually rupture. And then the hand goes, <laughs> that sound, that creaking sound of ripping metal. And then the earthen hand is there and you're going to try to grab the snake person. 
Yes. Okay, strength save. Find Ooh, natural ball. 20. So they're not oh. grabbed. Do they still take this various amount of bludgeoning damage? Or do they just resist no. it for the moment? I'm pretty sure it's only on the successful. Okay, so this snake creature finds a deep well of strength within themselves and throws it off with an aggressive <laughs> That is the end right. of Askers, unless he wants to do something else. Yeah, I'm just going to move away a bit. Okay. I want to spread out here. If I want one, two, three, four. Nice. Okay. Next up is this thing's turn. It is going to... Actually, let's double check Maximilian's Earthen Grasp. Does the Maximilian's Earthen Grasp get attacks of opportunity? Uh, I feel like we went through this didn't we? Uh, last time as well. I think we talked about this. Let's see. Possibly. I do this. Uh, when I failed, save target takes 2d6 damage. Um, I don't think oh, it does, because it doesn't, like... Half yeah. as much of damage because, on successful mode. Yeah, it does everything through your instructions. It doesn't have, like, an independent reflex. Yeah, it's when you do the... Yeah. Okay. When you do it. So, I use it as an action. I can uh, attack. Yeah, but... if it had something like, as a reaction, you so-and-so-and-so, then you could probably do an attack of opportunity, because that's a reaction. But because it isn't worded that way, I will say... This snake person is going to run up to Schmorgus Borden, takes out this curved scimitar with numerous bloodstains that, you know, don't bode well for you. And it is going to scimitar you. 11 does not hit as it strikes wildly out, still looking over its shoulder at the earthen hand, possibly chasing it. <laughs> then it takes another scimitar attack with a 17. Does that hit you? Uh... No, it doesn't. Okay, so he looks over his other shoulder, still trying to figure out how this earthen hand came into this room and is chasing him down. And he's going to sweatily sort of look side to side, and then that's Smorgasbordens turn. Fantastic. Uh, my armor class is 19. That seems high. Is that, that that's, that's right. I've got all this kind of various armor on, so that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Quite, that's quite high, yeah. Yeah, you're just wearing probably cool. heavy armor or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool, I think I'm going to moonbeam this mofo. Nice. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to position it like here. Oops, position it so it doesn't attack me because it's five, five, meter, five feet radius and I'm, I'm right here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do well, it kind of a, just behind it. It's a beam, it. remember, so it's five feet wide, but it goes like probably 40 feet long. So five foot radius, 40 feet high cylinder, so it goes up, so... Oh, okay, so it just comes down from the ceiling. Okay, that's fine. Comes down, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in that case, you can so just... five foot radius. You can just target the guy in front of you. That's a five foot radius, that's fine. Okay, great. Do that. Uh, I think he needs to... Uh, do I just third, third level or fourth level? How, how hard do we think this guy is? I do third level. Okay, constitution save. With a 10, he fails, taking eight radiant damages. Again, this room is covered in metal, but somehow you see, like, the ceiling of this room start to, like, melt and bubble as this shaft <laughs> of moonlight just streaks down from somewhere, and he takes eight radiant damage. Is that the end of your turn? 
Again, I'm going to have to remind him if I walk away now because he's next to me, he gets an attack opportunity, doesn't he? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. You don't, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're like, you know, you are heavily armored. I'm pretty tough, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. You should, be, yeah. The, you should be the guy up front anyway, so I think you should stay. Okay, I'll, I'll be the, uh, I'll be the shield for everybody. I'll stay where I am. <laughs> okay, next up stay is... Where, I'll stay where I am and I'll, I'll puff my chest out and say, Try it. Try it if you dare. With your hands raised up to the ceiling in a kind of uh, gesture, concentrating, I believe, on Moonbeam, which is... Yes. It's a concentration spell, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's what that little symbol is going to be. So if you take damage, you have to make a, a concentration check. So let's remember that. But yeah, you've raised up your hands and summoned the beam of the moon. Next up is Milksteak. The bean? Beam. Um, the moon bean. <laughs> it's a pinto bean. Uh, okay. It's, it's not the shame shit. So after I attacked him with my icicles, uh, did he look a little bit damaged or is just not really phased by, by the frost? No, he looked damaged. It just wasn't a huge amount of damage. Okay. Um... I'm actually gonna try again because he doesn't seem like he's capable of doing much damage. Indeed. Uh... I can take it. Okay. So I'll cast again the uh, frostbite on him. Okay. Constitution save. 17. He resists. So I think that's one of the spells where he takes nothing, right? Um. Yeah, I think it's a cantrip. Yeah, so this time the icicles that burst out of your hands and try to pepper this guy, he dodges a couple of them, but a couple hit the existing icicles that are embedded in his body and just bounce off because your aim was so consistent with the previous time. It's like when Robin Hood shoots an arrow and then hits the arrow that's already in the target. Um, uh, one thing, though, I've just read, read on Frostbite, it also says that uh, he takes cold damage and then has disadvantage on the next attack roll uh, it makes. Oh, really? Yeah, which is uh, interesting. It didn't matter in this case at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He I didn't mean, hit them. Yeah, totally. You gotta, you know, keep an eye on those uh, descriptions because I, I can only see what's in what comes in the chat, which is surprising. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you want to, yeah. I think you can send the description separately into the chat if you want to yeah, get more details. So the icicles make a sort of tink, 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 tink sound as they all ricochet off and hit the metal floor. Is that the end of Milkstake's turn? Um, where I'm positioned, I think I'm in a. Okay, I'm actually get closer around here, so he. Uh, I can take more heat than uh, than Joe. Cool. Cool. You're I'll gonna go there. Next up is Asker's mm -hmm. turn. All right. Well, I'll I'll use my action to uh, try again with the with the Maximilian's Earthen Grasp. Okay. Uh, Okay, strength save. Ooh, with a nine, he fails. So I believe that means he's, what, grappled, restrained? Uh, restrained and okay. 15 damage, I guess. Uh, restrained, uh, speed becomes zero. Attack rolls against him have advantage, and his attack rolls have disadvantage. Creature also f disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. So it's six bludgeoning damage plus nine. Is that because you cast it at a higher level, or...? 
Uh, 2d6. Uh, just, no, just, so just, it's the target takes 2d6 blood energy and damage and restraint. As an action, you can do it again next turn for another 2d6. So it doesn't happen straight away. What do you mean? Like, the way the spell works is when you successfully grab him and start crushing him, it does 2d6 damage. And then for every turn that he's still being held, you can use your action to do another 2d6 damage. But for some reason, they've grouped it together in the same attack. Because if you look up at the text, you put the text of the spell and it says exactly what I just described. Yeah, I just because that's that's what you can do like when he's already restrained, right? But then at the bottom there, when it says as an action, I can use it to reach for yeah. a different creature. Yeah, yeah, but rem okay. you, you already like, you already yeah, used yeah. your action. Like this is like assume when you cast it that you were successful. That would be your action to yeah. cast it, so it would do two d six damage as a result. But then yeah. the second part says, as an action, you can cause the hand to crush it again. But you've already used your action, yeah. so that can only happen on a subsequent round. But I didn't I didn't uh, summon it this turn though. It was still there, so I just used my action to reach for a different target. Yeah. You just moved and reached again. Yeah, totally. So that, it would still do the damage. Yeah, but it, the damage it does is only 2d6 per time that it does something. The, the... Yeah, I, I just don't... 2d6 is there. Oh, yeah, why? Why does it do that, or why does it show it like that? Oh, okay, so... Okay, so the first... So he takes six damage now, and if I use that as an action next turn, it would take nine damage, for yeah, example. Exactly, exactly. But for some reason, roll 20 well, isn't interpreting it wrong, because you'd see. probably okay. roll it fresh on the subsequent turn anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so you watch the hand grip him tightly as it drops a bunch of those like loose bits of dirt on the ground as it shuffles along the surface of the ground. And it crushes him for six bludgeoning damage. Minus and then I shout, yield! <laughs> um, yeah, make a, make a persuasion check. Oh, baby. Mm. Uh, with a 27 <laughs> persuasion, you see a worried, scared look in this creature's eye. And you may have gotten through to it but you'll have to find out on its turn. Is that the end of your turn? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next up is this thing's turn. You watch it kind of writhe and wriggle from side to side, trying to get out of the grasp of this giant earthen hand. And then suddenly the wriggling and writhing takes on a new shape and it becomes a tiny snake and wriggles out of the grip of this enormous hand, obviously because it's a much smaller creature. So I will show you what it looks like. It becomes a tiny little snake and it just wriggles. However, I believe someone will get to try and attack it as it tries to run away. As you notice, it does try to run away. Uh, let me just double check the health, so tiny. Okay, cool. So it is gonna try to go, actually, Yeah, I'll say Smogsborden gets an attack of opportunity as this thing tries to leave. So... Um, it also says on Moonbeam, um, Shape Changer makes its saving throw with disadvantage. Uh, if it fails, it also instantly reverts to its original form and can't assume a different form until it leaves the spell's light. Is that, is that this, what this thing is, I guess? 
give me the text. That sounds cool, but you, you kind of read yeah. just like a middle bit or something. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, don't just the just the good stuff. It is the spells area for this time. <sighs> shape changer. A shape changer makes it saving throw with disadvantage. Okay, cool. Um, so technically, he would have had disadvantage on his save against your moonbeam, but I think he took the damage anyway, didn't he? Like he didn't make his yeah, save. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think let's just make it a habit of giving me the text of the spell before you cast it, because then I can read all this yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. If it fails, it also instantly reverts to its original form and can't assume a different form if and, until it leaves the spell's light. Okay, you're right. So it technically wouldn't be able to do that. So it you watch it like flicker halfway between like snake form and big human snake form, back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> and then it just stays there and it kind of like, it kind of says... All right. Oh wait. All right. I give up. What do you, What do you guys do? <laughs> He's giving up. What did he say? He, he said, give up. Gives up. All right. I give up. Oh, I thought I, I thought he meant he told us to give up. Oh. Like, dude, you. Well, at all, little fella. All right. Okay. Well, I'll keep him. I'll keep the the the, the grasp on, but. Uh, I think I think we should talk to him, right? Are we out of the combat? Yeah, I think so. or... yeah, I would say you're out of combat now. Yeah. Cool. cool. That's while he's being held. Maybe I'll come and surround him since he tried to escape. Yeah, yeah I'll move it here. Now that he's uh, very unthreatening. All right. All right, little dude. Who who are you, and why did you attack us? I was captured by these weird clockwork people. And kept here. I can't tell you how long. Hmm? All right, but what did they tell you to attack us, or why are you jumping us? They keep me in a cage. They say to attack whoever comes in here. Okay. So that's the thing. Do you, do you want to do you want to tag along with us and help us out? Do our <laughs> doing our thing. Uh, Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. <laughs> Basically, because you guys have essentially been like beating the shit out of him for the last minute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'll accept it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't put much into that, did I? Okay, with the twenty one, he kind of looks oh, at yeah, you. Sorry. What? disadvantage you said, oh yeah, yeah still still 21 <laughs> uh he looks at, he looks at you and says uh yes just let me go and we can work something out and you need to make a wisdom saving through you get uh, sorry ask her wisdom saving through i don't trust him oh wait no here there you go wisdom saving through Ooh. You feel the your mind start to think, maybe that is a good idea. Why don't I just let him go? But then you realize that that doesn't sound like you and nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not, not going to just let you go, dude. Uh, no. But, but, but do we need him? No. I mean, um, yeah, that's okay. he can, I'll, can tell us I'll, like... I'll, 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 I'll make the thing squeeze again then. Let's, let's just kill him. I'll I'll squeeze Maximilian's earthen grass pan. 
maybe maybe he can kind of give us some information about the uh, the creatures. We must have some information about them. Yeah, that's true. What is this? What is this trial? What is why? Why is this? What what is this trial about? What, what happens yeah, if you yeah, true. Okay. and various well, things? I'll tell I'll I'll tell him then that um, you know what? Like let, let's make a deal. Let's a answer some questions and then I'll let you go and then you can do whatever you want. If you want to come with us, you can come with us. But if you want to fuck off, you can do what you want. What do you want to know? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, how like how so how many other people have you attacked? You said you've been here for a long time. Have you killed loads of people? Countless. So Has anybody ever passed the trial? Passed me? Yes. But mostly they're skinny, beady eyed idiots. <laughs> I don't like this guy. <laughs> Too. <laughs> uh, well, I don't really know what else. Like, so how, who who do you know? What do you know about these these weird clock, clockwork people? Like, who, who are they? What information can you give me? He's gonna make a check. Ooh, with a natural one, he says, "They captured me. I've never seen them before. Have you seen them before?" <laughs> All right, I want to kill him though. Can I kill him? I don't think he's going to give us anything, is he? No, it's, it's, this guy's useless. He's just the first step. But at least now we know he's a troll. Okay, now I do squeeze the the, the earthen grasp. Okay, roll 2d10. And the way your spell works is that every turn he gets to make a strength save to try to get out of it. So we'll just do damage, strength save, damage, strength save. You guys can hold your action if you want to see if he escapes or something. Uh, he also stay in the moonbeam. Does that do anything? Uh, yeah. yeah, you can roll that as well. So yeah. I'm just wondering, because wasn't that the other number when I rolled it earlier? Yeah, yeah. You can just use that. That was a nine, right? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. You see he takes nine bludgeoning damage and then nine radiant damage from the moonbeam as he squints his eyes as his skin takes on this weird white burn, sizzles, just as you hear his bones kind of like clicking together over his <laughs> joints as the earthen hand squeezes tighter and he goes, ow. Then that's a strength check. Cool. Nine. He continues to fail. Now roll the damage again. Uh, okay, so that's a eight <laughs> plus eleven is nineteen. He looks like he's on death's door. <laughs> With a ten, he can't get out. He just keeps wriggling in more and more feebly, <laughs> and he says, uh, <sighs> and then he dies. Like we're like cooking and crushing him. <laughs> It's like, it's like being stuck in a microwave where the walls are closing in. Yeah. Except it's a it's a microwave powered by the moon. All right, we are out of combat. Oh boy, that was disgusting. Okay, I'll 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 say bye bye to the the grass. Yeah. Thank okay. you, grass. I like that snake boy. You watch, it's my favorite. You watch the earthen hand suddenly just lose its form and become a pile of dirt on the ground. Um, it sounded at one stage like he was quite enjoying being crushed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it might have been like a fetish or something. Yeah. Um, how about... Um, um, I forgot what I was going to say, sorry. Taking on several things at the same time. You hear the right. gentle we, um... clinking of metal in the next room. Or the previous room. Okay, let's go. 
gonna pick up more of the dirt from the Maximilian's hand. The leftovers put in my pockets for the later use. Okay. Just, just, you can say, just, uh, add to your uh, inventory, handful of arcane dirt. Nice. Or is it a hatful of hand dirt? <laughs> well, you don't have a hat, so it can't be a hatful. A handful of hand dirt. Oh, oh, sorry. The, it cut off on one of the syllables. Yeah, you're right. It's a handful of hand <laughs> dirt. Yeah. But arcane is just more helpful for later reference. <laughs> okay, you go through the archway. Um, should we? All right. Let's, we let's this kind of yellow thing. It's, what's sorry. This yellow thing with the. What are you pointing at? Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, that's a cage. It's made of brass. It has this weird obsidian coating and black metal bars. And it's currently in the open position. I want to investigate that. Okay, make an investigation check. Find some of his old food and check. <laughs> I wonder what kind of stuff he hates. Okay, with a five investigation check, you see some meat very strange meat that you don't recognize the animal it came from. You also see these two, like, holes in the ground, but they're covered by the black metal kind of grating. And they appear to just go down, 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 like 60, 90 feet into darkness. And they appear to be roughly in the area where this meat is and where, like, a little bowl of water is. Mm. <laughs> mm. Pros. Mm. Disgusting. Yeah. I think he was quite yeah, happy to die. Yeah, we did uh, really. Yeah. Is that the end of your investigation, yeah. Schmuggers Bodden? Yeah, I'm finished with that. I, doesn't, I think that just seems like uh, his little area, his little feeding area. Okay, you guys go through the door on the western wall of this little corridor. What's on this out? Oh, sorry, it's, it's just wall. Oh, it's just wall, okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's go through the door then. Okay, you go through the... You've gone right. through this little archway into a narrow corridor. Halfway up, mm -hmm. you see another door on the western wall. Opening that, you see another similarly shaped room that's just tons of stains on the ground, and it smells like sweat and decay. Nice. Um, you also see a couple of bandages strewn about the place that just... This is like a war zone, but with no one in it. Oh, it's a rather small room. Does it look like... There was like a fight here, or is it more like someone bled out? Ooh, that's that's a medicine check if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Ooh, with a four, you conclude that someone was hurt in this vicinity. Ooh, guys, you know, I think someone was hurt in the vicinity. <laughs> you You have a certainty about it. I say it with, I'm so persuasive. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. All right. You see yeah, another door uh... on the western wall. Do you go through it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going through the door on the western wall, a strange sight greets you. And you're becoming accustomed to that in this strange place. You see four... Oh, Sorry? There's more of those, those things. Well, these are new. These ones have much stronger looking wings and they're cubes with monocles and this like metal plating around <coughs> themselves. And they seem to be hovering about 10 feet up. Behind them, again, with this weird obsidian lining are these gray metal shafts, like ducting that goes back into the wall behind them. And they appear to be hovering like about 10 feet 
up off the ground in front of these ducts. And they say, Fours greet once. And they pause. We greet you back, bro. How how are you guys? Can someone explain what we're doing here? We are fours. You are ones. You must complete trial to speak to the one. But I thought we were the one. You are the ones. <laughs> can they, we? They all speak in unison. We... It's very creepy. Go on, Sean. Can we try speaking uh... in you. Can we try speaking in unison? Say no. We are threes. If you all make performance checks, then you can try to speak in unison. Okay, let's do it. I will call this the shining check. <laughs> okay, we've got a 19 from Ask, a 16 from oh. Milkstake, and a 9 from Schmorgasborden. So what it says is, we are threes. Threes. <laughs> and they say, no, you are ones. You must complete trial. And they point <laughs> southwards. Oh my god. <laughs> that was very brilliant. Alright. Um, we... One last question for us. How many of these uh, uh, trials do we need to go through? We are fours. You will have fours. Right, so it's not it's not gonna be like ten or something else. Like you get the sense that, that, we... that their ability to speak common is not very good and they seem to be indicating they are fours and you will have fours. Don't really know what that means. Okay, couple of things. Right. A we could either try that. to um I think I'm on quite a lot of a delay actually. Maybe I'll try and no, connect fine. um you can hear okay. Um we can either uh, attack these guys instead of going through the trials and see what happens. Uh, mm. They don't seem too tough, uh, or do we just do the trials? Um, also, I have my um, uh, my dude with the language. What's his name? Is a uh, oh hello, sir. How are you? My docent. Yeah. You see the fours immediately <laughs> react and say, "Oh, one," and they just start whispering to each other, "One, one, one." Shall we? Shall we um, ask the docent how many trials they're likely to be? Right. Them. Ask him if he can talk to them. He talks yeah. to some languages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, doesn't, uh, can you... Trials, huh? Yeah, I want to complete the trials as well. Yeah. I want to be working. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you this all saying something. Again. What what do you what do you all want? I want to continue. I want to go and beat some shit out of okay. people. Okay, we've got oh, a vote the trials. for that. We've got a vote from Yuka to do what? To have the dose and see if he can speak their language. I think it would be good to know if he can speak to them. Okay, Asker yeah. wants the translation. Milksteak wants to complete the trials. Schmorgasborden. <laughs> I get yeah. We may as well just say uh, ask the docent like, can you can you speak their language? Just just find out. Absolutely, sir. And he hovers up to about their level and says one one three one zero zero four one one zero four, and they <laughs> reply back one zero four four three one zero one four four, and he comes back and says, hmm, it seems there are four trials, but. The way they say four kind of makes the fourth seem more. I mean, their language is quite rudimentary, sir. Is that all you would like to know? I mean, I think it answers the question, both questions, right? He can talk to them. So whenever, I don't think these guys are going to be useful. I think we should move on. I think so. Okay. Having the docents to maybe translate if we meet 
I mean, is it going to be another Docent that's their leader? Because that would be pretty funny. Is it going to be your your Docent's long lost brother? I think it is. I'm not aware of any brothers, sir, but I would love to meet one. (laughs) How how are you? Are you? Are you you like? How are you created, Docent's man? You see, it's little digital sort of not digital. What's the word? Like, uh, like fuses. You know, when you see electricity arc from one side to another. It creates a little glow, and that appears to be what's making this little thing's eyes go on and off. And they they go off for a second, and it says, Hmm, my records of my creation indicate I was created in a war-forged factory 183,000 days ago. What's that in years? Uh, It scans... And it seems to be very oh, confused by the question. Uh, it says 501. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Name him Levi. Why, thank you, sir. What have you named him Levi? Levi 501s. Isn't that a famous gene? It is, yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so do you want to do the trials then? Yeah. Highbrow fashion joke right there. Yeah, I was just going to say, I felt, felt like, uh, you know, I should be like a or something. You see a door to the north <laughs> and you see a door to the southeast. They gestured to the door to the southeast. Yeah, let's proceed. That's southeast. where we go. Okay. You head to the I door go. to the southeast. It opens without issue. You find yourself in a narrow corridor about 15 feet long sorry the reveal tool is a real pain in the ass then it splits into a t-junction do you go to the west or to the south uh, south maybe sure yeah i think you go south such confidence um you go to the south and you find a door i'll kick the door open okay uh you kick the door open without issue Inside, you see a series of strange, again, obsidian-coated, like, brass barriers that form this undulating shape in the middle of the room. And you hear this Anyone same... else hear boss music? I can hear <laughs> boss music. Well, in addition to boss music, you hear that, now that you know what to look for, sorry, what to listen for, you hear that same, like, metal creaking sound, like a... <laughs> and a weird, like... <laughs> noise. What do you guys do? I'll back off behind everyone else because I'm the one who can't take a... If that was some weird slithering beast thing, then armor class matters. So I'll step back. You also you also notice that unlike the previous room, the metal barriers with the obsidian coating in this room don't go all the way to the ceiling. They go about 15 feet up. Hmm. Flying thing? Okay, I can we can we hear where the sound is coming from? Make a perception check. Uh, okay, with a twelve perception. You felt like the initial noises were coming from the west uh, side, uh, 
Um, but now the slithering sort of noises seem to have subsided and it's still eerily still. What else would you like to do? I'm going to go up here. Okay. At this point, Schmorgus Borden, you see a giant, like, weight of goo in the shape of a person hits you on the head and everyone needs to roll initiative. <laughs> It's a bizarre sight. Okay, you've all rolled initiative. It's literally like this humanoid woman in regular clothes surrounded by this red, gooey, slithery substance. It is Whoa. nightmare fuel. Milksteak, you are the first to react. Weird. Okay, so... You also notice in your current position, behind you to the north, Milksteak is an archway. To the east of you is this kind of crawl space. It's not a proper corridor. You'd have to, like, shuffle with your back against the wall to get down that area, and there's a cage at the end of that little crawl space. So she just appeared out of nowhere. No, you realize, Schmorgus Borden realizes that she was on top of this metal barrier in the middle of the room, like oh. hiding on top of it, and then jumped down on Schmorgus Borden. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Mm. I should indicate that that means that they are actually the first to react because they surprised Schmorgus Borden. So that means that you, Schmorgus Borden. Uh... You get this pseudopod, this like tentacle come out at you for 19, which hits you. Sorry, it's rolling to myself for some reason, but it does actually happen. And that does 10 bludgeoning damage and five psychic damage. As you feel part of your mind, like you were thinking of something and then suddenly that thought is gone and it's psychically damages you because of how unsettling that is. So it's 15 damage overall. And mm -hmm. you feel you need to make a wisdom saving throw. Ooh, you lucky fucker. Um, <laughs> that was Good job, Sean. Seven. Needed okay, that. Cool. You feel that thought that was in your mind that suddenly disappeared comes back to you and you're like, oh, that's it. I was thinking how terrified I was. At least, at least I know. <laughs> I, I got my train of thought back and you feel much better. Now we go to Milksteak's turn. Okay. I don't remember if I can attack now since I'm that druid of the, some kind of circle, circle of the moon. Why wouldn't you be able to attack? Like that, that makes oh, no, no sense. Oh, no, because you used to say that it's an action, but for me, this is... Awesome. Yeah, once you reached a certain level, I think you can now use Wild Shape as a bonus action, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, so I'm... How big is this thing? You're about five feet away from it, because you're not really on a square right now, but I'll move you to that okay. square, because you were kind of in between, too. Uh, how is big this guy is? Uh, it's a medium-sized creature. So like your size. No, I'm just thinking about a uh, how big is. Antithoros. 
Anglisaurus, that's the one. Is he big? He is big. Is this room quite small? Stay here, though, shouldn't it? Yeah, it just says huge beast. I guess he's a huge. Oof. Um, you would know that you would not have much room to maneuver in here. I mean, yeah. you kind of would just fit, but you would crush some of your companions. Okay, giant scorpion, large beast, not huge. Yeah, large would fit in here. I mean, it would be a squeeze, but it'd be more yeah. viable. Yeah, so, I'll... giant scorpion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, scorpion makes three attacks, two with claws and one with a sting. Okay, just let me get the icon. Wait for it. Giant scorpion. <laughs> so two claws. Uh, okay. And I will get rid of milk steaks icon. So that puts Ooh, you... Oh, wow. Natural one. Nice. Natural so one. a natural 20 on your claw attack, dealing six bludgeoning damage. And it needs to make a saving throw or be grappled uh, by your... Oh, maybe they're automatically grappled. Let me check. Scorpion has two claws, which uh, each can grapple only one target. Okay. Oh, I see. So I could... There's more. Oh, the target is just automatically grappled. And then yeah. it has to try to escape. Nice. Okay, so this weird... And then followed by the sting... This weird oozy creature is grappled. Oh, actually, I'll say it's more like that. And you're going to... The sting is the other attack, and it does yeah. 21 to hit. So that hits, dealing 5 piercing and 19 poison damage. Oh, no. Okay, so the 19 is depending on the saving throw. So firstly, it takes yeah. 5 piercing damage. And he needs to make constitution, constitution saving, throw. saving throw, right? Con save, con save, con save. Did the second claw Ooh, do damage as well? With the 22, oh. it resists, so it takes, I think, half damage for a giant scorpion? Or half as much on a success. So half of 19 is like 8, I think? No, 9? 18, so it'd be 9. Um, so it takes 9 poison as you watch a black coating, like an oily coating, cover the outside of this weird, like goo <coughs> copy of a humanoid woman and the gooey residue itself um three attacks two of so you can make one more claw attack no so i made two claw attacks oh you did beginning. sorry i didn't see that 19 yeah, so that. 19 does that hit the armor class of this thing yes it does so that one does four bludgeoning damage so, so the, the uh sam so yeah. my first attack was uh critical yeah so it should take 10 damage, no? No, the, the way criticals work in this is that you run, <laughs> you roll like an extra dice. So if you see you rolled a 5 plus 2 on your first attack, and then you rolled an additional damage die, but you just got a 1 on that damage die. So it was like really shitty critical. Oh, I see. So rather than uh, doubling the result, it just rolls another yeah, damage see, dice for yeah. you. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Okay, well. It's just like, it's neater yeah. and quicker because the system gets to do it for us. Um, but yeah, yeah, basically you turn into a giant scorpion, do like snap, snap with your claws, doing damage with each and holding it with the first claw that made contact. Just this dangly, very unwieldy goo woman. And then you sting with the tail over the shoulder for a further five piercing damage and nine poison. And it looks 
like it's taken some hits. Is that the end of the giant scorpion's turn? Yeah. Okay, Ascus turn. A lot of hits. I am going to do a... Oh, hello, hello, hello. I'm, gonna, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I would love to... Turned into, it's turned into a giant beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, careful. <laughs> oh, no, come on. I'm just trying to... Uh, I, I would love to cuddle. It's just the uh, stepping on the laptop that I would like to avoid. Um, I want to have a third level Scorching Ray. Nice. So that's... So it's uh, three so plus one. So I'll do... I'll just cast all four. And then she needs to resist each one, right? Uh, yes. You're roughly... You're just five feet away. So I think that should be fine. Um, yeah, so each one... It's not a resist. Each one you have to roll and you have to hit with. Yeah. So, one, two, three... 11. Natural one, 15. Okay. So, the 13 misses, the 11 misses, the natural one misses, but the 15 hits. So, you hold out your fingers, and all four fingers except the thumb emit this burning ray, but you kind of splayed your fingers out too far, and most of them just go in the diagonal orientation of your fingers. But the rude <laughs> finger was pointing straight, and it connects, dealing... <laughs> seven plus fire affinity so 12 fire damage as this beam like chars one of the sections of this goo thing and it looks like the fire spreads much more like this goo is somehow flammable that's right but not but not in a traditional flammable way more in a kind of like the fire goes inside of it internally uh so i just gotta say again like i rolled a four a two a one and a six yeah but if you're persuading an enormous multi-dimensional organization then you roll like a 29 a 27 a 28 (laughs) okay is that the end of your turn yes yes next up uh milksteak you see this other creature just the same as the one that you've seen in front of you squeezing through the tiny crawl space to the east of you and sets upon you with a pseudopod but it rolls a natural one and it kind of just it does it does that thing where you don't want you don't want to touch something spiky or creepy like the scorpion it goes like eh, eh. Um, but then it looks into your scorpiony eyes and you need to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, wisdom saving throw. Where is it? Okay, so 14 is not successful. So. Uh, How much does I roll? 14. Oh. It just rolls twice because you oh, must have clicked okay. it twice. Um, so you take 15 psychic damage. And you feel like you forget a little bit of why you're here and why you're a scorpion. You just, just love killing. Yeah, you just kind of... Left and right. Have I always been a scorpion? Was I born this way? <laughs> and basically that means that part of your memories have been sucked and eaten away. And you need to roll a d4 um, and subtract it from any ability check or attack roll as you kind of forget how you do all your shit slightly. 
So whenever you make an attack roll or an ability check, just roll a d4 like that exactly. And then oh, you would yeah. subtract it, but you don't have to subtract it from saving throws, just ability checks and attack rolls. Okay. Cool. So that's the end of that thing's turn. This thing is grappled. So it is going to try to, um, it is going to try to attack the scorpion that's grappling it. So that's going to be a pseudopod attack. Does a 17 hit the scorpion? Uh, one second. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, so that deals five bludgeoning damage and seven psychic. So 12 in total. As you feel this pseudopod slap down on your carapace, another element of why you were here gets sucked away and you need to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, these guys are yeah. not messing around. No. Pretty tough, aren't they? Ooh, with a 12. Your second roll is always better. But yeah, with a 12, you basically take... It's plus eight as well. Yeah. Uh, really annoying. You take 20 psychic damage as you honestly forget who these companions are for a second. And you think, I mean, I'm probably with them for a reason. And now you have to roll a d6 and subtract it from attack rolls and ability checks. Fucking hell. And these guys are nasty. And that is the end of their turn as they make this sound. Schmogus Borden's turn. Okay. Well, the, whole, the entire time I've been decided I was going to turn into another beast, but um, I think I think to get serious, I think I'm going to cast Blight. Ooh. This guy next to me. Nice. I think these guys need to die. They do need to die. Okay, wow. So you hold out your hand and this black, like, tendril of sticky necrotic energy sprays out at the one in front of you? Um, because that's a ranged attack, you'd be at disadvantage to hit the one within melee range of you. Do you go for... Well, you can't okay. really see the other one, so you'd have to step away, but then you'd get an attack of opportunity. Is the blight is not a... I think it's a touch. It's not a... No, it's a ranged attack. Oh, yes. Yeah. Range, yeah. So, we'll, so it's disadvantage, but I need to roll again and then take the lower of the two. Oh, yeah. Actually, I suppose because, yeah, you'd basically... Well, it it would effectively get advantage on its save, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but attack of opportunity. These guys are pretty nasty. I'm going to go for the... I'm going to keep keep to the guy next actually, to me. Actually, let me, yeah, let me double check. Them. Let me make sure that I'm interpreting Blake correctly. Yeah. Oh, my computer's just decided to restart without... Oh, no, no, sorry, I just reset. Uh, over that. You can see with the range, draining moisture takes half as much. It's not a hit spell as well. He... Yeah, so... Uh, oh. High levels, yeah, I mean, it doesn't say, but it does say, like, it just washes over a creature of your choice. Because I don't know the answer, I'm just going to say that it doesn't get advantage on it and it will just roll it normally okay so you hold out your hand and this like tendril just drips down out of your hands onto the top of this ooze and it needs to make a constitution saving throw right yeah yeah okay that, doesn't it sort of disadvantage if it's if he is being grappled or something oh no grapple just means its speed is zero but it would have disadvantage because of the fire 
Okay, cool. So it's going to roll again, but it it fails anyway. I think because the DC is fifteen. Oh, well, yeah. So yeah. you it does take forty three necrotic damage, and it just crumbles. <laughs> it just crumbles into like it solidifies because it's an ooze. You drain all the moisture out of it, and the ooze has no more water, and it just crumbles into like uh, charcoal. Sick, nice. dude. Excellent, John. Well done. Fantastic. <laughs> these guys, these guys needed that. Yeah, we need. We, like, it might be a third one. You know, we don't know yet. So let's let's. Uh, let's yeah. Is that the end of Shemok's Maybe Bodenstein? in the first one there was one, in second there was two, in the third one three guys, and in the fourth one and so forth. Yeah, maybe. Um, with uh, am I able to kind of uh, peer at the top of this above these kind of like um, the the brass all things with a gap. Um, yeah, make an athletic check. Like, it, it's you know it you you'd have to jump and like do a little pull up to see over the top. Yeah. Uh, I can't have my athletic leg. Oof! With an oh. eight. You're weighed down by armor and too much bulk and not enough definition, and you just go like, and you go like six six inches off the ground, and you can't even reach the the top of this metal barrier. Unfortunately, I'm just I'm just gonna try and style it out. That that wasn't even a check. That was just me, like you know. <laughs> okay, make a make a deception check to see how well you cover the failure. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, with the sixteen, you managed to make it seem like you were just <laughs> stretching your back and like, ooh, just did that sweet blight and got to stretch it out, you know. Um, milk, milk <laughs> state. For that to be a fail would have been funny as well. Yeah, milk state, mm -hmm. the forgetful scorpion. It's your turn. I'm gonna be snippy snapping that guy. Okay. Snippy snap. Oh, what if I'm gonna click multi attack? I'm gonna roll all of them. Uh, unfortunately, not. No. So double claw. Okay, that hits, that hits. Dealing 20 bludgeoning damage overall. Very nice. Uh, he's nice. grappled and then I'm gonna sting him. So I deserved. Okay, and then the sting, it's uh, 11, no, seven unfortunately misses. So the piercing damage goes wide and the poison damage doesn't take effect either because it's got a hit to yeah. do it. So you manage to hold it between your claw and snap it with the other claw, but it manages to dodge the stinger with this ominous look in the dead eyes of this like rubber simulacra of a human. Is that the end of your turn? Oh, actually, no. You also have to minus six from those first two. So roll two d6s. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, separately. Press the button here. Uh, roll. Sorry, what? Roll one d six, then oh, wait, then another one. So sorry, Sam. What what was it? One d six, then wait, then roll another one. Okay, so the first one is three, so it's eight, seven, six. The first one still hits six, though. That one means five, four. That's sixteen. No, they both still hit. So you manage to remember what snippy snapping is just. And uh, the third one you would technically have to roll for, but it's a seven anyway, so it's no point. Um, and you do kind of forget what stinging with your tail is, and you miss wildly, just going, wait, do I lift it up or do I strike it forward? Um, is that the end of your turn? Uh, yes. Uh, so actually, if I'm, um, 
So if I'm if I get, have him grappled and if I move, do I drag him around with me? Uh, uh, technically, yes. Uh, okay, that's good to know. For but the future. you'd technically be at uh, I think you'd be at half speed, but you can technically move around yeah. while holding yeah. him. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Ask Yeah, 10. I'll, I'll I'll stay where I am now. Yeah. Okay. Great. Ask us ten. Right. Well, then I will. I will do. Oh, I mean, I was very unlucky last time. I'll do another third level score. Uh, no, no, I'll do a fourth level scorching right? So that's five of them. Ooh, wow. Because I don't want us to keep forgetting shit here. This is, mm. this is I don't like this. Uh, I got one, two, three, four. That slightly better roll that. Yeah, the first three hit convincingly, and you're so excited by your success that the fourth goes the fourth goes wild as you <laughs> celebrate and throw your arms up in the sky and just shoot the ceiling. But the first three do uh, with the 24, 23, and 14 do nine, twelve, and 13. 9, 12, and 13. Ah. So oh, wait. I said level 4, right? So it would be 5. How many did you roll? 1, 2, 3, 4. Oh, so it would be 1 more then. Okay. There yeah, that go. one hits too. So <laughs> what's uh, 12 plus 12 plus 13 plus 9? You do a grand total of 46 oh, fire damage. 46. Nice. Nice. <laughs> So you watch, again, the midway celebration one misses, but the other beams just come out of your fingers as you realize you need to point your fingers at the target in a straight kind of like karate chop manner. And it goes, pshow, 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 pshow. and you watch these black scorch marks like drill their way into this oozy form and it looks fucked up. <laughs> You're still alive. Jesus Christ. Oh, not that Is that the end of your turn? I thought I was over here. That that is the end of my turn. Uh, no, I'll, I'll shout, yield! It might be a person in there. <laughs> uh, make know. a persuasion check with disadvantage. Karate chop master and I will karate chop you. Okay, with an 11, it just seems to like the dead-eyed like copy of a human just turns to you and just wobbles slightly and you don't know what that means. Um <laughs> Uh, how, how are you doing for health, giant scorpion, uh, Schmuggersborn? Sorry. Uh, a, um, Milk how many? I'm 52, uh, got, I think, 47 damage, so I'm at 5 HP. Okay, so the thing is going to attack you, noticing your, fla oh, what's the word? Noticing the chunks of carapace, like, falling off of you, and you're also currently grappling it. So it's going to pseudopod you for 14. I don't think that hits the scorpion, right? No, it doesn't hit me, no. Okay, but you do need to make a wisdom saving throw as it just... Man. You feel the memories being, like, sucked out of you like a Dementor. Ooh, you managed to resist it this time, but you forget what you're resisting. Hmm. And that's <laughs> the end of its turn, Schmogus Borden's turn. Don't we okay, always, though, Sam? Don't we always? We do. We do. <laughs> I feel like this guy is very nearly dead. Yes. It looks like very. it's all these chunks of, like, purplish goo with blackened scorch marks are just dripping off of the oh. outside of it. Like, it's constantly sweating. Yeah. I, I reckon just, uh... Just, uh... 
ice knife, but that'll still get you, won't it? Yeah, get, do you mind, like, if I hit you as a scorpion? What? Uh, no, I don't mind, no. Depends with what you're hitting me. You also have to ice yell knife. that across the room. Do you mind if I hit you with some ice shards? <laughs> as, as long as it's a single hit. Uh, like oh, wait a second. Damage, it's fine. Within, is anybody within uh, five, um, five feet? Are you ice knifing the scorpion? Ice knifing. Yeah, yeah, go well, for scorpion. it. Scorpion, am I, am I knifing the person, but obviously people yeah. outside, people yeah, yeah, near it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to second, second to, level ice knife. In order to, move, in order to see it, Shmogus Boyden, you'd have to move forward five feet. Okay, so. Because it's kind of hiding behind this brass barrier in the middle of the room. Yeah. It somehow managed to like wedge itself. Now, uh, no, sorry, just here. Make your attack. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, with a 13, it misses, but then the scorpion and it have to make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> as the sh as ooh, it fails, so it takes 13 cold damage, and it just freezes into frozen chunks of goo. As the ice knife doesn't even go close to either creature, and just shatters against the back wall of this <laughs> of this chamber, and it is defeated. We are out of combat. Yes. Death by shrapnel. Death yeah. by shrapnel. But I think that yeah. will dispense with the scorpion form based on how much HP. You take 13 cold damage. Yeah, I'm, I'm back into my good old normal form. And any damage that carries over, carries over to your regular form. Yeah. Um, but uh, sorry, I didn't realize that. I mean, it's <laughs> only, no, no, I think fine. it shouldn't no, be that much, much really. Uh, how much I took? 13 cold damage. Uh, 13, Powerful seven, spell. Eight. Eight, eight damage, so about 40 that is perfect. Lovely. Yeah. Alright guys. Uh, okay. Should we do some like healing stuff? I don't actually have a healing I'm, spell. I'm, I'm alright, I'm 40. So. Yeah, you're 40. Oh, I'm at 38. I'm at full health. What, where are you at, Sean? But forty-two out of fifty-seven. Oh, wow, you have loads of. Okay, so we're we're in we're not in a bad shape then. Okay. And spell spell slots. I'm still I still have a fair amount. Yeah. I only use like one of each, and I still have my level five spells for for the final boss in room four. Mm. Boss final bosses. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't used oh, yeah, got... spell slots. So I'm fine. That's great. Okay. Let's uh, uh, forward. You've got uh, the door that you came through. You've got a door to the southwest, and you haven't explored the rest of the room, but there's an archway to the north as well. Mm. Uh, try north. Yes, we can yeah. explore. Yeah, let's try north. Is, is that door as well here? Yeah, that's the north. Uh, yeah, north is an archway. Oh, it's an archway. Oh, archway, okay. Yeah, right. it's like a uh, brass archway. Shall we go through it and have a look? Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's go through it. Okay. You see the corridor extends and travels a long distance east. And then at the very end of this eastern corridor, you see another segment of this huge brass chain just coming straight through one side and out the other side of the corridor. Mm -hmm. Clink, clink, oh, clink. Continue down. Clink, yeah. clink. 
Okay. Clink, clink. The corridor continues south before turning east again. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. You yeah. appear to be going parallel to previous rooms in a sort of back corridor that hasn't even turned into a chamber yet. It turns sharply north for a further 90-ish feet. It's a trial. It's really crap one in terms of... It's not room to the room. It's just a corridor. It turns east, then north, then west to a huge brass door with a big, like, spinning uh, metal wheel on it and series of clockwork gears all kind of turning over each other. Can, can, can I try and work out what it is with my tinkering skills? Sure, make an intelligence plus proficiency tinkering check. I want to Google what a uh, pseudopod... No? Pseudopod, yeah. I want to see what a pseudopod looked like in Google Images. So I copied it from earlier and, and now my roll copy was gone. <laughs> nice. Very yeah, it's like a tentacle made of goo, I think. Um, okay, with a 25 tinkering check, you would know that this is a very sophisticated clockwork locked door. So it basically means you've heard about these in some gnomish uh, engineering tribes or villages, but, you know, the lesser informed and uh, more politically incorrect would call them tribes of gnomes who specialize in building complicated things, but they live quite meager lives other than that. And it is a constantly changing lock. So in a traditional lock, the tumblers are there, the pins are there, and you've just got to pick them. But with this lock, they're constantly, like, moving. So you've got a time when you choose to pick it. If you don't have the key. Which I feel like we need. Should we try, should I try and pick it? Or should no, I think it? we're going to need to come back here. Yeah, it feels like something we can maybe do later. Or it's like a staff entrance type thing. To clean up all the mess that we left there. Uh, shall we go back down to that uh, that room where we killed that sludge, yeah. sludge women? Yeah, <laughs> sludge women. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I do, I do. Uh, women with tentacles. Sorry, what, what was that, Sean? I just remember uh, something Sam said in the last session that we we keep on getting to places, then just kind of backing out immediately. <laughs> we could at least kind of try to pick the lock once and if it's proving to be really hard just kind of go away or do you think it's just the the final place after we've got the key i mean i reckon i don't think i'll be able to pick a lock when the pins are constantly changing that that sounds beyond, like we, beyond your ability like, we would, like they would need one of their little robot hands that did, 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 that's kind of in sync with the machinery and the thing kind of uh, yeah. And I wasn't criticizing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just making an amusing cars. comment that, you know, you've seen a bunch of, like, entrances to things. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I we do just keep kind of, yeah, we keep coming together. I'm still a bit sad I left my little friend at the entrance of that. The cave of doom or whatever will be down for doom. We'll never see him again. kind of wish we would have gone down to see what was down there, but, you know... I feel like this door is because it wasn't a struggle to get to the door. So I reckon yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. just going to be where we're going to go end up going later. Otherwise, we can come back. I think. Be, that's the boss key, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but it feels like it. Okay, uh, you're back in the room with the have, just residue. Good. All right. 
Well, um, I kick it? I'll kick in the next door. Yeah. I'll um, kick it in, and then you guys go in in front. Are you talking about <laughs> the west door? Correct. Yeah. Okay. You kick in the west door. It opens uh, after you kind of like twist your ankle a bit to like just turn the handle. It kicks open quite easily. Um, <laughs> it's like when you're holding food in both your hands and you try to use your foot to open a door. Um, <laughs> it goes down the corridor a little bit before turning north and then before turning east and you reach a T-junction. Sorry, turning west, you reach a T-junction. I'll step into the T-junction to see what's wrong. Okay, you see north and you see south and archway leading to a... You see the edge of like a wooden kind of counter and then a door far south and then to the north you just see a corridor. Thoughts? Uh, I think so. Can we see up there? Is it just connects to that previous corridor? Yeah, you recognize yeah. it once you go to the northern corridor that it just joins up with the one that led you to the goo room in the first place. There was nothing there, right? That's not a door, that's just a wall. Yeah, it's just me revealing it poorly. Yeah. Right, yeah, I just don't. Um, okay. Shall we go down then? Yeah. I'll let you guys go. I'll, I'll Are go these first. two little black spots here? Sorry, where? Two little... Uh, that Those represent that arch, anything, archways. Just... Okay, okay. Okay, you head south. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As you head south, you go through the brass archway and you see a very strange room. Again, that's the theme. And there's this one little drone... Uh, little clockwork creature like the one you saw that greeted you in the waiting room except this one is behind a counter and behind him or her is this series of three weird kind of knickknacks just on these shelves there's like three shelves with one of these weird knickknacks on each shelf and it says one greets ones one greets ones okay he he starts putting these little items on the counter in front of him and says One's purchase from one? What is okay. it? <laughs> it's docent time. <laughs> Listen, what's the, offer- what's, what's, the, what's the offering as docent? Oh, I'll ask. And he goes up and he says, one, three, seven, one, three, one, two, three, six. And the, the guy responds, one, three, one, three, two, three, one, three, six. And the docent says, well, he has a quite an eclectic list of items. Firstly, he says he has a bag full of a thousand ball bearings. Secondly, he has something called crampons, which he says are for grip while walking in the snow. And thirdly, he has this strange metal disc that keeps changing the design on it, and he calls it a feather token. (laughs) Feather token? (laughs) Yes, that's what he called it. The accent is. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. How, Mr. Dozen, man? How, how, how do we pay him? Like, what, what's, what's he, what's he bargaining with? Like, well, oh, four. Well, you know what I mean. For the crampons, he's charging twenty-five gold pieces. For the ball bearings, he's charging five gold pieces. For the feather token, he's charging one thousand gold pieces. He really doesn't know how to portray a mercantile institution. <laughs> Do we want to buy anything? Uh, I kind of want to buy it all. No. Buy that up. Let's buy it all. What's the, what's the, what is that 
ball of bearings. What's that? I don't understand. Ball bearings. It's a ball of bearings. bearings. I mean, we, we could think think like of the them things like uh, metal marble spheres. Well, could use them uh, to well, kind of throw, throw on the floor and make oh. someone trip. Uh, I, I, I never never knew what they were called. In, in, in English, that's funny. What are they uh, in Swedish? Yeah, I mean it's a Swedish invention, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Ball bearing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did Sweden invent ball bearings? <laughs> Sven Gustav Winqvist was a Swedish engineer, inventor, and industrialist, and one of the founders of Svenska Kulingarfabriken, Swedish something-making place, one of the world's leading ball-bearing and roller-bearing makers. Sven Winqvist invented the multi-row self-aligning ball-bearing in 1907. The accent really changed halfway through. <laughs> it, went, it went worse and worse, as in more and more... Uh, stereotype Swedish. It was great. To be, to be honest, I, I wasn't even really sure whether I was doing a Swedish accent. But this belongs to Welsh. I'm pretty sure that uh, Svenska Klugen Fabriken, like Svenska is is Sweden or Swedish. Fabrik so Swedish. Fabriken is like fab fabricating, so like making stuff. But what's Kluge Klugenfaren? Klugenfaren. Uh, hold on. What is a? Uh, it keeps giving me a different person every time. <laughs> now it says Philip Vaughan, a British inventor who created the first design for a ball bearing. In oh, okay, so basically there was a guy that that created the first design earlier on, but the Swedish guy was the first one to develop like a really really good one, like a self-aligning, self-moderating ball bearing. Yeah, so basically the, the the ball bearings that everyone uses today is of the design of the Swedish dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, maybe the concept existed before. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Well, I'm missing something. It's just a it's just a ball of metal. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but it's not what, that's that not design? the bit that's not the bit that makes it work. The the bit that makes it work is kind of the the lubricant and the, the track that it's inside of. So most ball bearings don't just exist as balls. They're inside like some sort of little track. And yeah. that is the thing that then allows it to move around. Uh, uh, I, I just thought the ball bearing was literally a metal metal ball. It, okay, it is. It is. But when people say it, they probably are often referring to the whole the whole device. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You learn. Okay, so, uh, no, thank you, one. I'm good. I don't need. Uh, oh well. It, what was the second thing it's again? It. Uh, ball bearings, crampons, which are uh, metal shoe attachments that help you not fall over in the snow and ice. And the last thing is a feather token, which is a metal disc that's constantly changing its design, and you don't know what it does. I, w I want to buy the crampons. He says, "Ones buy buns. from ones." Constantly shit. And he, I'm buying the. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll hook him up with was it was it five gold? Uh, the crampons I think were tw twenty five gold. Then I will pay twenty five gold. Okay, they're a they're a D and D item. You can add them to your inventory. They're C R A M P O N S. And you wanted to buy something, Schmugsport? 
Yeah, I'm going to buy the kind of flashing thing. Okay. He hands out. He holds out his hand. Ones buy from one. A thousand gold, is that? Yeah, that's it. And uh, once you hand it over, he gives it to you. And you need to roll a D100. Dum, dum. Dum, 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 dum. Dum, dum. Ooh. Ooh, 90. Uh, Okay. Pretty good. I'm happy you rolled that. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, Basically, you suddenly see on the back of the token a whip symbol. And then on the other side, in tiny writing, because I can't be bothered to have you guys spend a short rest with it to understand its nature. I'm just going to say it suddenly writes the instructions on the back of it. It says... You can basically throw the token to a point within 10 feet of you. The token disappears and a floating whip will take its place. You can then use a bonus action to make a melee spell attack against a creature within 10 feet of the whip with an attack bonus of plus 9. On a hit, the target takes 1d6 plus 5 force damage. As a bonus action on your turn, you can direct the whip to fly up to 20 feet and repeat the attack against a creature within 10 feet. The whip disappears after one hour when you use an action to dismiss it or when you are incapacitated or die. I mean, it's going to be pretty handy in the fight coming up. Not bad. So should I... How do I how do I tell myself I, what do I say that I've got? Let's just add like Oh in D D Beyond it's called a feather token and you have the whip version of it. But you can just look for it under feather token. I mean I think my purchase was, was probably the smarter one, but <laughs> I mean crampons can be pretty useful if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a magic weapon that can fight for us and does force damage and stuff. But you know, to each his own. Yes. At least I won't, you know, fall and break my hip when we, whenever we're in snow. Hip protection—you can't put a price on it, really. <laughs> like my grandma always said. You can't put a price on hip protection. Um, sweet. You guys are in this little shop room. What would you like to do now? You see a door to the south and archway to the north. Yeah, this felt like classic, um, you know, when you, uh, when you're in a dungeon, you meet like, uh, weird merchants in the, in the, you know, so I, I like, I like where this is going. So let's just continue through and we'll find yeah. three, fight three of something, I reckon. Right? Um, at the southern door, you see it's a regular sort of brass door, but the keyhole has one of... It's a tiny version of that big rotating clockwork door that you saw in the northern corridor that you realize gnomes have spoken of. The, the tumblers, like, rearrange themselves every few seconds. This is like a tiny little version on this door. Here we go. Okay. Um, let's go search this room again. And see, in maybe in their cage, there might be that. Maybe we can find like a key, if that's like how this works. You know, if there's a key in the boss with port, to get to the next. Yeah, I'll try okay. and pick yeah. it though. Just, just have done it. Okay. Can I you, try and pick it up? Yeah, you can make a thieves tools check. Oh god damn it! Still says pseudo port. Roll on the. 
plus seven. Ooh, oh, with a natural wow. one. But roll a roll a um a hmm roll a d thirty for me. Oh, one d thirty. That's the first time I've ever done that. Okay, so uh, with a natural one, you. You judge it, you wait for the little cogs to turn in what you think is the best position to pick with, and you put your picks in, and immediately you hit the side of a brass thing, and you've essentially judged it wrong. But, I mean, that's a natural one. The whole, like, D30 thing doesn't really come into it when you roll a natural one, so you just, like, clink, bounce straight <laughs> off the uh, the turning, rotating uh, tumblers, and just bend one of your picks in half. God damn it. All right. <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's go and have a look. See that maybe, shall we? In the, uh, in yeah. the room. Surely okay. there must be a there must be a system to how this all works. Mm. You go back to the room and you're standing in the same place that you were before, where you fought the goo women. Let's try to go go towards the west. Yeah, find the find the key. You mean towards the, the east? Yeah, sorry, east. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you head down the crawl space and you discover that there is another section of the room and another door on the eastern wall. Yeah, let's open. Let's go through that door. That's yeah. What are these? Um, what are these things here? Cages. I yeah, guess. they're just cages, and it's it's difficult to draw in this course, program, yeah, yeah, so I just yeah. gave an approximation of cages. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I think it's very well done. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> Thank you. Um, in this next room, you in this next room you detect an increase in humidity, and you start to see why. Five of those. Uh, starfish-looking clockwork creatures that you've faced previously during your Many Things Incorporated audition and during your assault on that other clockwork place that seems different from this one, but with a similar style. You see them all kind of resting in this oily gray liquid. And they say, Fives greet ones. Yo, fives. What's <laughs> Fives are surprised. Fives must tell ones to continue trial. It's just through those doors there, buddy. <laughs> they all point to the door on the east and say, Fives <laughs> tell ones. Nice. Yeah, you told us, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you enter the next room and you see your path is immediately blocked by a series of these 15 foot high, not quite touching the ceiling, brass, like obsidian coated uh, barriers. And you hear the familiar ee, ee, ee. Three cages. Three cages. What do you do? It's what we thought. All right, you guys get up front, if you don't mind. Um, I'm gonna preemptively, no. I'm gonna, so if I hold a, a, a spell, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll hold an action spell. So if I see anyone coming from this direction, mm -hmm. uh, I'll cast a, uh, which one I had ready? One second. Uh, spells. Uh, one. I'll cast an erupting earth, okay. which is a 20 feet cube. Okay, wow. All right. So if you see anything coming over the top of the barriers, basically. 
Yeah. Like, okay. uh, or from any of those directions. Okay. What do the rest of you do in this moment as you hear some lighter footsteps, like... Oh, no, obviously I'm standing here. We can, we can prepare, we can get spells prepared then, right? Okay. What do you, yeah, what do you do? You've only got a couple seconds. I'll prepare okay. myself for a, uh, to do a firebolt. Okay. You're standing kind of outside the room, though. Where is your icon going to be? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So I'm going to... I guess I'm gonna go stand. Oh man, I don't like this. But yeah, here. Uh, okay, in that case, uh, milk steak will have to be on the square above, which is fine. Uh, mm -hmm. Hmm. Um. Oh, oh, I'm gonna do uh, ant growth. Okay, from there on what? Uh, on an area. This on this kind of area. Oops. I assume okay. you're choosing the one where uh, the. Uh, you can exclude one area if you cast. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Sorry, I got that wrong. I panicked because I didn't have much time. Like, around. like, dude, big AOE right there, right now. Yeah, but most damage comes on initial eruption. Yeah, but then even if they are not already there, then they will be slowed. Right. Okay. Um, as as no. you're thinking, Schmuckersborden, you don't have time to get it ready. As this thing emerges <laughs> and milkstake, you can release your spell. Ha <laughs> Okay, so roll it. So, so release um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Did it? Yeah. Okay, and it's a 20 foot cube, right? Yeah. All right, let me do that shape just to help us out. Actually, no, I'll make that like this 20 feet, 5, 10. Tell me, uh, so 5, 10, so it's roughly like this. But where do you want it to be? Like so, just uh, obviously it doesn't touch me. So like, uh, like a one up away from me. Like that area? No, in the middle, more like. Oh, okay, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One down, right? Okay, cool. So they need to make dexterity saving throws. The first one, oof, with a nineteen, they save. So do they take half damage? Yeah, but that's also the bar. This position here. I guess it's positioned always. Uh, do they take half damage if they succeed? Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. half One second. 18 is I'll nine. Just display in VTT. Yeah. Yeah. Half, half as much on a successful one. So you watch the earth erupt in these kind of angled stalagmites, just shooting out of the brass barrier that divides the room, piercing through the highly polished sheen of these weird barriers with like a just tearing holes in it like a weird brass porcupine and you hear a couple of weird buzzing yells from these like insectoid like creatures yeah you screech now everybody needs to roll initiative oh didn't i get oh my, sorry uh, yeah you can I'm... you can uh release your spell as well and also roll initiative after that Roll the spell. Oh yeah, fireball. Nice. Twenty-seven hits for nineteen fire damage against which one? Well, you can only see uh, one, so that one. Um, I guess yeah, they, yeah, they put that guy right. Minus. Wow. Okay, so this thing with that firebolt hits it where it was just struck and impaled with a piece of stone, and the flames like cauterize the edge of this wound that he's now uh -huh. impaled on the stone, and he looks like he's on death's door, and the wound is like sealed sealed around the stone. That's fucked up. That's like a cantrip. 
spell. It's insane. Yeah, cantrips get stronger <laughs> at later levels. Um, great. I think it's not that big a deal, Schmuggersport, and also that you didn't have one ready. Now you just have more time to think about it. Um, yeah. Next up, <laughs> first to respond is Aska. Um, I might, I might just do another fireball on the same guy just to kill that. Make sure he doesn't get a go for it. So the guy I already sh shot at, I'll do a fireball on him. Mhm. Mm yeah, that hits definitively for twelve fire damage, and he just like slumps crusty and charcoal and covered <laughs> on this impale impaled on this piece of like rock uh, can i go past arunas or yeah you shouldn't be able to go through like the, to you, can, you can walk through arunas's space especially because you're like uh halfling size but you're gnome but i'll say it's fine you can move through uh, ally spaces relatively easily I'll get up there then, just so we can get a little bit more, more see a bit more, but also give okay. space to uh, Sean. From the northwest just... corner of the room, you see another one of them, and a cage, yeah. and a doorway at the far northeast corner of the room. I was hoping that wouldn't be the case, all right. <laughs> Is that the end of I your turn? I see them, but not be close. <laughs> well, they're still ten, it's still 10 feet away from you. Uh, well, I can't really do anything else. Can but... you move still more back or not? Uh, now that you've seen it, how many movements have you done? I did one, two, three, four. That's so I have one more. Yeah. yeah, you could just move back now if you want to be out of its line of sight. Okay. So you go to the northwest corner, see another one of these insectoid creatures, and then poke back behind the brass barrier. Milksticks turn. Now we know where they are. What would Milksteak like to do? Mm. So I'm gonna go here. Mm -hmm. You move to the and, northwest corner. Yeah, and I'm gonna cast a. Not sure how strong they are. Yeah, because he took 18 and then he took 19. And then he took another 12. Would they consider it as a humanoid? Uh, you would gather, yes. I'll, I'll cast a, a whole person on it. Okay, wisdom save of 15. Oof, with an 8, this one Ooh. fails and it suddenly paralyzes and is locked up. Is it paralysis or is it restrained? It's uh, paralysis, if I remember correctly. Let me tell you, it's paralyzed for the duration. Okay, so that means... At the end, at the end of each uh, turn, target can make an utter wisdom saving throw on successful ends. Okay, cool. So it can't move or speak. The creature automatically fails strength and deck saves. Attack rolls against it have advantage. Any attack that hits the creature is a critical hit if the attacker is within five feet. Pretty interesting that you can cast it on several people. Just do it on a higher level, and you can do it on several dudes. If you look at the the bottom bit, oh. that's cool. That's really interesting. Uh, you also notice, uh, Milksteak, that although this particular attack doesn't uh, come into the equation, you still feel like there are gaps in your memory. Okay. 
Yeah, because I mean, the way that your world shape works is that you're essentially still you, you've just taken on a, a, a new form. Um, mm. So just remember that for when things come up in the future. Actually, let me put a little okay. symbol to, to remember. Uh, I don't know. Like, Does that mean he still needs to do the, is it like that 1d6? Yeah, he has to, minus d6 is from ability checks and attack rolls. You also can make a make a medicine check, uh, Milksteak, just in this moment, as you realize that your memory is a little foggy still. Medicine. Okay, with a 13, you've heard of these kinds of memory conditions being healed by holy people in temples or people that have like a divine patron, but you've not been you've not seen it firsthand okay okay um is that the end of milksteak's turn yeah okay this is the thrykreen's turn it is held so that one can't do anything but at the end of its turn you said it can repeat the saving throw so it's going to make a wisdom saving throw yep 12 it fails it just stands there but you hear nice. you hear telepathy in your heads milksteak and asker which says fight earn freedom fight earn freedom and it just seems to be radiating out this like telepathic chant then you see another one of these creatures come over the top of the barrier and it turns towards hmm. what is it gonna do you know, at this stage, I think those space Nazis are way better faction than these. It's going to run up to Asker and try to bite you. But with a five, it misses. Then it's going to try to hit you with its claws. With the claws, it hits doing five slashing damage with these little insectoid claws. And you're a little taken aback by how not very strong they are. And again, you hear that telepathic message in your head, fight, earn freedom, destroy, kill, earn freedom. And that's the end of their turn, Shmogus Borden's turn. Okay. I'm going to cast uh, Core Lightning. Ooh. Uh, again, it's, I think you need to see what you're looking at. Uh, you can uh, see within range. Storm Cloud. So it's a 60 foot radius uh, cloud. Oh, wow. So that's basically, <laughs> that's, that's huge. Don't worry. I've read it. I've read it. it does, it's not going to hurt us. Don't worry. Uh, um, you can move. From, you know, what I'm saying is that you have to move your icon into the room in order to see anyone okay, okay. that you would want to kill. And you can only see okay. one of them at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, centered on oh, a point within things, range. Um, Spell fails if you can't see a point in the air where the storm cloud could appear. For example, you're in a room that can't accommodate the cloud. I'd say this room is sufficiently big. Five, ten. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, yeah, I mean, it'll, it, it's fine. Um, uh, bolts of lightning flashes down from the cloud to that point that you choose. Um, each creature within five feet of that point must make a dexterity saving throw. So which point do you choose? But we this, are each creature. It depends which point you choose. Yeah, so this guy, if I choose here, that five feet isn't going to hit this guy, is it? Uh, you won't hit if if you choose this point, for example, the one like to the northeast of you. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. Uh, you won't hit your friends, but you would hit yourself. So okay. I'll let you like stand in the doorway, for example, and like lean in and choose that point. So basically, <laughs> basically, it's like minesweeper. So 
uh, Smorgasbord is going to choose this point, and then that'll just hit everything around it within five feet, which would be the creature and no one else. Okay. okay so I see what you mean. Yeah. The dexterity saving throw. 21. It succeeds. So it takes half of 3d10, which I can roll. Oh, you did it. Nice. Uh, yeah. 3d10, and then that's for subsequent. What's that? Did you upcast it? Upcast? What does that mean? Sorry. Under yeah, the spells under such conditions. Oh, uh, if you're outdoors, uh, okay. So that's just if you're outdoors and the conditions are already stormy. So it's just 15 lightning damage as a bolt of lightning suddenly rockets down from this huge black storm cloud that forms inside of this 30 foot high internal metal chamber. And it strikes this creature for 15 uh, lightning damage. And it just immediately turns to dust just dust nice <laughs> these guys are weak <laughs> they are quite weak i think that's a bit of a waste is that the end of smorgasbord's turn i love how you just like, um, like storm the mutants just summoned <laughs> a lightning cloud <laughs> to incinerate <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i've already moved up now so i can't move again so yeah yeah cool well you can move again but you just have to determine how much movement you have left which would be about 10 feet. Okay. 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 Then. Okay. Ask us then. Um, just fireball that guy. Yeah. I'll, I fireballed him. Okay. Can I see him from where I am there? Or do I need to? Uh, yeah, I think you can, you can see if you like lean around the corner, that's fine. Just do like a lean around the corner fireball. You've killed two of them so far, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Firebolt, nice. 25 hits, dealing 11 fire damage. This guy looks crispy, but he's not on death's door or anything. Um, so 11 fire damage. You release this, and you've noticed your firebolts get larger and larger the more experience you get. So it's more like a basketball at this stage. And it just hits him right in the chest and just leaves this big black scorch mark. And your hand is just held out there dramatically. Is that the end of your turn? It is. Okay, Milksteak's turn. Forgetful Milksteak's turn. I, I'll just keep concentration on because I cannot really cast anything now. If I'm uh, you can you can cast spells, just not other concentration spells. Oh, okay. It's like a category yeah. of spell. Yeah. Can I lock on the door. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a second, I'll cast a a frostbite on it. Nice. You hold out your hand and pull down your fists and all these kind of little bolts of icicles shoot out and it is going to have to make a constitution save, which it succeeds. So unfortunately, this tiny little skinny insectoid body... Oh, actually, no, you get advantage because he's paralyzed. So I think you can roll again. Yeah, roll again. Oh, sorry, it rolls again. Um, So that means... With an eight, it fails, so it takes nine cold damage as these icicles just converge on this tiny little thin insectoid body. Uh, that's the end of your turn, I assume? Yeah, that's, that is the end. Okay, this thing is still paralyzed, so it's going to make a strength save. Uh, 14, I don't think, makes your DC, which is 15. And you hear yeah. just this telepathy in your head saying, must, must survive, must escape. And that is Schmogus Borden's turn. He's not going to survive. 
I can't see him from here, can I? Mm, um, not easy. No. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to move to. Can I move past my my guy here? Yeah, you can move through allied space. That's okay. And then you're in melee range with it. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather you're 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 occupying that space, aren't you? So I can't go there. Yeah, one of my favorite things about playing with you, Sean, is that you go from summoning the like the the, the elements to an on No, 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 no. <laughs> don't worry. I've I've still got the the lightning. The lightning cloud is still there. So I'm I'm trying to get him into my line of sight. Just so I can lighten him again, lighten him again, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I think this person here. Problem, right? I genuinely love that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, you yeah. never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> it's unpredictable. <laughs> I'll say no, that. I'll here, say sorry. that Milkshake okay. is in the top left square, so you could theoretically okay. be the one yeah, next okay. to it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Uh, okay, now I'm gonna lightning lightning strike here, so that I don't. So I think it automatically fails deck save, so you just roll the damage, because it's paralyzed. Do you remember what it is? Nice. Okay, so 16 lightning damage. It just <laughs> turns to dust. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you hear it reverberate in the air, like. It's a good. It's nice. a good spell. I like that spell. And you hear the rumble of thunder directly above you. Is this the lightning everywhere in the room or can I walk around freely? You're okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, have a look around this room see if I can have a look around in the cage. Just generally search for things in case we find some weird key of sorts. Okay, make an investigation check as you look around the other side, the eastern side of the room that has three cages in it. With a 22 investigation, you discover inside the cages similar like bits of meat and food, although inside these cages there's a lot of like little bugs and things inside these little bowls, these little brass bowls. And there's two shafts similar to the one that Shmogus Borden saw that just lead way down underneath the cages. And there's a little container of water in each one of them. It's a very kind of weird setup. But you don't notice anything else in here. Like it looks like they don't seem to have possessions on them. Or if they did, they were taken from them at some point, given that they're in a cage. Gotcha. All right. Well, there's nothing important here. Actually, with the 22, you also notice these copper strings leading from the the doorway of each cage, leading up into the walls behind each cage, going inside these tiny little holes leading off into the wall somewhere. They're releasing them on when we open the door. Yeah. Mm. Maybe even the door opening itself is what's releasing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Shall we continue? Yeah. Which door? Hmm? Doesn't matter. Top one first. Sure. Let's do the top door. Okay. You open the northernmost door on the eastern wall. You see a corridor leading to a T-junction at the far east. Yeah. Going to the T-junction. It leads south and north. Both corridors look the same. I'll go mm -hmm. down and open the, the other door then and see if that leads mm -hmm. into the space here. Uh, you realize that it doesn't seem to lead into the same space as the northern corridor based on your observation so far. I'll go down there. Okay. You see the corridor turns west once you take the southern T 
T-junction option. I'll check down there. Uh, sorry, who? I'll, I'm just checking what's, what's leading down south. Oh, sure. You see an archway leading into a relatively larger chamber. And you hear like metal clinking noises, but not like the chain that you've been hearing, that deep resonant like swaying of like enormous ship chain on the ocean. It's more of a series of smaller, like rhythmic clinking noises. Mm. Uh, I'll go down and see what's going south on, on, in this corridor here too. Then. Okay. You look south and then west and you see another point where the chain erupts through the corridor. And this is another one of those really long corridors. And other than the enormous chain, it seems empty and then and turns south at the far end. All right, I'll go and join. I, th I feel like this. What do you think? Like, should we go down here, guys? You think? I think so. Uh, I don't think yeah. we should be. Uh, yeah, far apart. I'll go join the others. We can we can have a look at that. These long corridors feel like the kind of thing that. Yeah, let's do that later. Let's check down here. Okay, you go down the place where uh, Milk Steak was going, and you see a, a, an unusual sight. A series of those uh, small drones seem to be prostrated on the ground, like they're worshipping something, lifting their bodies up, and then lifting their bodies down. And every time their bodies hit the ground, they make a clink noise of metal hitting metal. You also notice an archway to the east, through which there is another long line of these smallest clockwork creatures just rhythmically praising the ground or at least the southerly direction you notice a door can i interrupt their praying and ask where is uh, where is the final room guys um you ask that they ignore you how rude once greet uh, greet greet the sixes i say then oh you see uh, <laughs> you see the, one of the ones turns to you and says not sixes ones Ones greet ones. Ones must continue trial. Where? This is not the place. The place is there. And they gesture west. Okay. All right, let's go west. Let's go west here directly. That's east. Oh, that's easier. Uh... It might also be through the corridor that I, I was in there. But yeah. Let's see. Does this, is that the end of that room? What are you referring to? Uh, the, the room that we yeah, are the, the oh, room. yeah i've just uh it's 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 just wall at that yeah. western edge oh. i can show you it's just a metal wall yeah okay, is, cool. uh, is the door th there there's a door in the southern section it has another one of those little clockwork locks on it no okay let's yeah let's go back to that corridor okay you go back into the room with the three insectoids and take the southern option with the long yeah. corridor that goes through where the chain bursts through the corridor yeah yes okay. please you get to the very end of the corridor and you see it turns south to a doorway. Just a fairly regular, sorry, a door, a fairly regular door. I'll open the door. Okay. Inside, you see another room with lots of bloodstains, some bandages, and a series of, like, uh, just looks like wound tending areas where bandages have been discarded. And you feel a heat wafting from the eastern side through these two archways, you see uh, the great chain appears to be again coming through the wall and 
entering a potentially larger chamber and you feel a huge heat just billowing out of that direction. You go inside the double archways, Milksteak? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Inside this chamber, you see a brass dragon sitting atop an enormous pile of gold, rubies, weird items. And it's in the process. It's hovering 10 feet above the ground, blowing fire onto the chain. And you see that the chain is like healing itself as the fire kind of like smooths out some imperfections as the chain is actually moving now from the north to the south, like clink, clink, clink. And the fire is actually smoothing out the outer surface. And then it turns towards you and the fire stops, but its eyes look hungry. And that is where we will end the session. I'll show you I'll show you what the picture looks like. This thing is actually it's a dragon made of brass, like actual brass plates. Um sweet, that was really fun. I I enjoyed Yeah, I enjoyed the curveball of, you know, you guys tricking the Intians into betraying one of their own and then looking to side with the mechanical beings and trying to like go there under the auspices of continuing to investigate the corruption like it was a it was a great turn for this to take thank you so much for listening to the podcast if you have any suggestions or any ideas that we should incorporate things you want to hear more of things you would like to hear less of just let us know at the wrong hands podcast at gmail.com so t-h-e-w-r-o-n-g-h-a N-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com.